This is Christy. And I'm Jenna, and this is Badass Moms. Badass. If your kid ain't mud, and you don't know what to do, and your neighbors judge, and your in-law shitty too, pour tequila in your coffee. Don't go run and ask your mommy. And together we'll break it down to find a clue. Ask the badass moms like a badass mom would do. We're here for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Ask Moms podcast. What's up? What's up? As always, it's one half of the Badass Moms, Jenna Levine Lou, here with my beautiful co-host, Christy Mirabello. How are you doing, Christy? I am good, my beautiful co-host, Jenna. Thank you. All right, guys, so we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. We realize you don't know very much about Christy and I, so we're going to do a couple of episodes so you guys can get to know us and our history and the things we care about. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk a little bit about adoption. Now, I'm not adopted. Christy's not adopted, but Christy did (laughs) adopt her six-year-old daughter, Cora, and we're going to ask her a little bit uh, about her story and the history behind that, but I wanted to share some fun stats with you before we even kick off just about adoption. I'm I'm actually excited for this because I hate stats and numbers. Like, not that I hate them, I just hate dealing with them, so I'm actually very excited because I probably don't even know them myself. So in the United States currently, there are 1.5 million adopted children. 2% of Americans have adopted with another one-third having considered it. Mm. So one in 25 U.S. families has adopted a child. Um, One half have a biological and they also adopt in addition to that. So a little Mm -hmm. bit of a mixed situation. In 2007, there were 19,942 international adoptions. That has actually dropped down to 9,319 in the past couple of years or the past decade due to increasing restrictions going yes. on in our country and other countries, which I don't, I don't know if I have any particular feelings about that. I'll let Christy answer that. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are 122,000 kids, a little bit over that, as of 2019, waiting to be adopted. There are 428,000 kids currently in uh, in foster care, and there are currently 135 children that have been adopted in 2019, so last year. Uh, In terms of the kids that are waiting to be adopted, males far outnumber females and half are six years or older, which is a little bit of a tougher sell, I believe, which is unfortunate. Um, And 60 to 70% of adoptions these days are now considered an open adoption, which Mm -hmm. is adoptions where the, the birth or biological parents have some sort of interaction or communication with the children. And there are 7 million Americans alive today who have been adopted. And 62% of adopted children are placed within one month of their birth. So these are some fun statistics that I actually didn't know about. So we're going to get into Christy's story. And actually, I don't know this. Christy, is is your adoption an open adoption? It is. um, And it started out... An open adoption where we were supposed to see them once a year and send pictures 
and letters twice a year through the agency, so not directly to them, and we would meet at the agency. However, our first year, we did go and meet the birth, we had already met the birth family, and we can get to that, but um, before and at the hospital, um, the birth mother and birth father, but he wasn't there for the one year kind of anniversary. It was around Cora's birthday. Oh, are and they still together? They are not now. Okay, but they were at the time? They were at the time, and so at the one year, um, as you can imagine, it was interesting. You know, you go and you're meeting, the, you know, it's different. In the old days, it was very much closed adoptions, and it's, it looks very different now. Um, but we hadn't had any contact other than letters and pictures, and we did, and it was, it was a hard um, it was hard for everybody kind of, you know, it was very hard on the, the birth mom and due to, to privacy and, you know, my name, my last name is out there and stuff. So I won't go into too much detail about her story with it, but. Well, it why, was don't just, we, why don't we start the, the beginning? Cause we'll, we'll get into all of that. So okay. Christy, why don't you first tell us a little bit about why you chose to adopt. Was it, uh, and I know some of this, but just, you know, yep. some viewers don't. Uh, was it a medical reason? Was it a personal reason? So what brought you to the place where you decided to adopt Miss Cora? So it's a mix of both. Um, at around 10 years old, you know, I saw one of those commercials with the children that needed families. No joke. They work. Uh, was I it the Sally Struthers? I think, I think it was Sally Struthers and there was sad music and all these children. And I told my mom that I wanted to adopt a child one day. And, you know, of course she didn't take it that seriously because I was 10. And then, but I did, I continued to say it through the years. I actually quote adopted a child in Africa when I was 12 years old and sent money and letters and uh, we exchanged pictures and stuff um, when I was 12. And then I just had always had this place for adoption in my heart. And I did, I was one of those who wanted to adopt and have biological, uh, one biologically. However, I never did have that like big urge to be pregnant and give birth that some people do. And I, I didn't really have that, but the medical thing did come into play. So um, when at the year I got engaged, I found out I had pre cancerous cells on my cervix, which is so fun. Everybody loves those. Those are great. A little and, and yeah. And you know, get I your regular pap smears, get those pap smears. Yes. That's the thing. I hadn't gone in a couple years cause I was lazy and drinking apple martinis a lot and I was busy. Um, so by the time I went, it was CIN3 and that just means it's like right before it can turn to cancer. So it was far along. They were like, we need to get this out now. So they did, and I had, um, basically I had issues with it healing and it wasn't healing correctly. I hemorrhaged. I really thought I was gonna die, which is always fun too. Um, I had like a major hemorrhage and that was scary enough. And then it just wasn't healing. I had to have several little procedures and stuff done. Um, and so I would be high risk and they said, there was just a lot of kind of anxiety around it for me and just, uh, my cervix was very weak and all of this. So I was in the band camp of like, maybe I just adopt them. So me and my husband then had the discussions and all of that. 
So real quick, just to to throw this in there, I'll throw in some little facts as we go along, but to protecting your health is actually one of the top 10 reasons that most people choose to adopt. Obviously overcoming fertility is number one, but a lot of people have um, issues that aren't related to fertility that choose them to go down the adoption road, whether Mm -hmm. it be heart disease or or epilepsy, or or in your case, a, a medical procedure that maybe left your cervix a little bit weak. I get so weak in the cervix, I can hardly speak. Yeah, so adoption actually is great for situations like that because it doesn't stand in the way of you having a family and then you get to protect, you know, protect your protect your health at the end of the day as well. Yes. And there are so many, like Jenna mentioned, obviously there are so many children waiting to be adopted and brought into loving homes. So um, after that, yeah, we decided. You know, I will say my husband, most people in my life were like, well, just try, Christy, just try. And I was like, you know, I really don't want to. Like, it's always been in my heart to adopt and um, it's my body. And I decided, you know what, I always wanted to adopt. So it was almost like I took it almost as this like sign to like, maybe I'm just so supposed to adopt and that it, that's it. And I'm a big faith person and God person. And so... I won't bring that all into this, but that was a part of it. And I did pray and I asked for signs and answers and I got them. So here we are. Okay. So you had this conversation with your husband. I'm guessing you both agreed that this was a a road that you were going to go down. So after having that discussion and both of you were on board, what was the next step? How did you start your adoption process? Was it pretty quick? Did you wait? What kind of research was involved? Yeah. So the research was a lot. I spent a lot of time researching and I do have, I mean, spreadsheets and information that I now share with people to kind of save them some of the legwork. Um, because there are so many agencies out there. You can do it many ways. So you can do it through a lawyer. You can do it on your own, which is kind of scary and hard, but some people do it. Um, Because the biggest thing is people can back out, right? Birth parents can back out and that's really heartbreaking. So um, agencies, you know, they work with psychologists and social workers to help avoid that. Um, So our first step, we went to informational thing with, I think it was Catholic Charities was the first one we went to. And they start your kind of like pre-adoption thing. So we agreed to do that and they do the background checks. Um, and that I think took, it's, you know, it was such a blur because there was so much information. Um, but I do believe that was eight or nine months of, so with the background check, I mean, there's paperwork, you have to get, you know, physicals, you get your blood taken, you do obviously the fingerprinting, they come to your house, they interview you, you go to them, they interview you there, they interview together separately, depending on the agency. But there's a lot of background work before you actually get put into what's called the pool. Um, we did have to create a profile book and that is something um, that's very common now in modern adoption. It's got all the fun pictures and all of, it's, it's where you really show, give them like a really good picture and idea of who you are and what life would be like for their child in your home and in your family and your extended family. And we did a video, depending on the agency too. That was, it's so funny because you know me, I'm not shy, but that video, trying to sell yourself on video to a family to adopt the child was like, it was very awkward. <laughs> Um, question for you. So going through a private, it was a private adoption agency, correct? Mm-hmm. 
So they have you fill out an application and a profile and all of that sort of fun stuff. And then how does it work? Does the uh, birth parent pick you? Yeah. Are you so, met? Okay. So that they so look the next the step, right? So we did the background and then there's one-stop shops, which then it slides, they handle everything. Or in our case, we did the kind of pre-adoption stuff, background stuff with Catholic charities. And then we moved to an ado adoption agency in Virginia um, where we were located, but it was, it was a few hours away, but it was within the state, which will become relevant in later in the story. Um, so Yes. Yeah, so we moved on to them for the actual getting in the pool and that, you know, the profile book and all was part of that. And yes, basically the video and it, your information gets put up on the, their website and the birth parents browse adoptive parents and look at who they think would be a good fit. You know, they narrow it down and then they come in and get however many books they want. I don't know what number that was, if they had a limit or not, but they come into the agency to look through the books. They can take the book home with them um, for a week or something. So the interesting thing about that is, is that because you're, it's sort of like filling out almost like a dating profile, yes. people that are um, probably educated and affluent are probably get, you know, first pick of the kids because that's where people want to send their children. So I imagine that that winds up becoming sort of a little bit uh, lopsided at a certain point in time if you only have like a high school education because people are going to look for somebody no, that has that college. I, I thought that going into, but um, what I learned from social workers and that that can be the situation, but there are also many people that really don't look at that and they might be looking for something different. Mm -hmm. And it's funny the things that they will actually look for that you wouldn't think of. Um, you know, it might be they just connect with someone because they're from the same state originally or, oh, yeah, or they see, I mean, there's just, oh, they're into music, right? Because yes, you can put in those pictures, obviously you're not putting your salary in the picture and everything, but you, can, you know, <laughs> this is how much money yeah. we made. So, so they can't always tell those things. I mean, yeah. like your home, like they encourage you, if you have a beautiful home and neighborhood, put it in, you know? Of course. Um, so it says here that 75% of couples receive a placement one to 12 months after activation. Was this true in your case? We got in more quick. We were told from, because you also, here's another thing that is important to know with the timeline. When you fill out that application with the second agency, you are writing anything you don't accept. There are a lot of birth parents that may be on drugs or alcohol. And there is that fear of fecal, fetal alcohol syndrome or issues with the yeah, child going through withdrawals. Um, so ours, I, that was one of the things I wanted to avoid. So I did have that. Not everybody does, you know, there's also race. You can mark what race, uh, we were open, but some people want to keep it to their race. So it's easier for the child or the family as a whole, um, to keep consistent. Um, for, for me, I was open to whatever, uh, we still, we still ended up with a, a Caucasian, little girl. Oh, some gender. That's another thing. Gender depends on the agency. If you can choose gender or not, we did not have a preference on gender. Um, so when you're choosing all that, that can obviously delay the more, you know, sh quote strict you are with your choices, 
the more it can make that timeline longer. So they told us with our timeline, it could be between, I think they said two to three years, it would probably be in the pool. Well, me and the big Lord upstairs, we're, we're tight now. Um, it, we were in the pool only a month and a half. Oh, wow. Great. It was fat. That is faster than, and, and I know a lot of people in the adoption community. I don't know anyone that was that fast. I joke that it was my um, beautiful artwork in my profile book. <laughs> no, but it was very quick. Um, you know, it is luck of the draw of someone who aligns with you seeing it. And I do, you know, I do believe in the power of prayer and all that stuff. But, but that aside, you know, obviously the right person at the right time looks at your picture and you collide. And what, what's meant to be will be. And I do believe that. Um, so they picked us at a month and a half and they had our profile book and someone else's profile book. And um, I actually, this is kind of crazy. If you want to get all woo woo crazy with it, I actually had um, two dreams and what I call a vision when I used to see things happen before they did when I was younger and stuff. And it kind of came back and I had dreams of red hair, little girl in July. And this was, and I told my mom, cause I was like, if it comes true, that's going to be crazy. Right. And so she's the only one I told, cause I didn't want people to think I was nuts. And so we got the call and they said, okay, they took your profile book home. So you're going to be off the website for the next three days. So we're taking you off. They're going to mull over if they want you or the other. So was this, what were these people, they were married? No, they were, they were teenagers and they were dating for several years. How old was the mom? 19. Okay. Aw. That's, was it their first kid? Mm-hmm. Yes. Does she have any children of her own now? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, she, I guess she's still young. Yes, she is. She's, she's still young. After like that happened, so she took the book home and I'm guessing she selected you. So they selected us. Yes. And the social worker called and she said, okay, you've been picked like to meet them. It's pretty much a go, but you know, we're, we're meeting to talk to make sure we're a fit or whatever. How pregnant was she? And, oh, that's another thing. She was very pregnant at the time. So she was, I guess it was eight, around eight months. Um, so we had to meet them like right, basically it was within like four days. I think we met them. We drove down to, we were in Virginia beach. Okay. Um, but when she called to the, like, to the dream connection thing, she said, okay, so she was describing the mom and she goes, she has red hair. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then she said, she's, you know, having a little girl and she's due July 7th. And I like nearly fell off my chair because those were the three things in my dream. And I screamed at her. I was like, uh, it's ours. This is our baby. And she goes, no, no, it's not yours yet. And I'm like, no, no, it is. I know. You're like, like, shut up. This is my baby. This is my damn kid. I had a dream. All right. um, so, so anyway, yeah. So, so within a few down days. At that point to meet her in Virginia Beach. Yep. So we went down there and met the birth mother and birth father. Um, we had Apparently it went well. We had a long breakfast. Yes. It was so crazy. The birth mother and my similarities. I mean, Everything from we were like both like pasty, five foot two, like small frame, but our personalities, like 
bubbly and same interest. Like we both had one published poem, like how weird is that? We both were into music and art and wrote, you know, wrote poetry. And there was just so many similarities. And she was- Well, the, the funny yeah, thing yeah. too is looking at pictures of you and Cora, if you didn't tell me, I would assume that she's your biological Yeah, you most people do. Especially similar. when, I mean, now I have my dyed hair and stuff, but when she- has got she, those big eyes, those big pretty she's eyes. She's got the big eyes. I definitely have a- the birth mother had kind of Cora's face shape a little more, you know, she's got the rounder face. I have the very- Okay, so you went there, you had your breakfast, you hit it off. We had our breakfast, we were there, yeah, we were there for a couple hours. It was really nice, you know. Um, yes, everybody was like, yes, let's do this. But and you need for them, for it to be like official for the adoption agency to call and said they want you to be the parent. Like, Yeah, so they, yeah, they called pretty much immediately, like so I think you, that same day. When you and your husband got in the car after that meeting, like what was the first thing you two said to each other? I mean, I was like, I'm so excited. And he, he was reserved, honestly, until after the 10 days that we brought Cora home. And we'll get to that part. But my husband was so kind of disconnected. And I will, I'm going to be transparent in this because it's something I dealt with that was really hard for me. And I feel like I could get emotional. I like I don't think about this part often. Is I felt very alone in my excitement for it because nobody felt like they could get excited with me, you know, because they because they didn't know because it could fall through at any moment, even after you take the baby home. So uh, truthfully, that happens. I think with even people having their own kids, sometimes they feel like yeah. they're excited. Their husband's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. But yeah, I, I, get, I get Yeah, that. there's that whole maternal, like, just more excited about babies in general because we're female. And then with pregnancy or adoption, you don't know what can happen, you know? So they said yes. So how quickly after that meeting did you get a call from the adoption agency that said that things were going to progress? That day. I mean, they, I think it was that day or she emailed, I believe, that day and was like, yep, they're, you know, they're definitely in. We're all excited. I mean, it was kind of said but not said in the meeting, you know? Um, but yeah, sometimes you need, I feel like you need to hear it from the higher ups to yes. solidify it. So, okay. So you had that part done. So yeah. what was, did you and see then, them again oh, so after we, that? We had had a baby moon set for Jamaica and be, before we found out, like, I don't remember exactly, honestly, where in the process that happened, but we we're like, oh, we'll have a trip before we have a baby, get a baby. Um, but we got matched up. They're like, do you know, in a few weeks, basically. So we had to cancel our trip to Jamaica. So we went to Virginia Beach because it was like his sister lives there. And we're like, oh, we'll go down here. So you just hung out there for a couple of weeks. Oh, no, we, we just, yeah, we just stayed there for a month. No. So we went there a few weeks later, came home. And then like literally days later, we got called back there. But this part's kind of funny. And this might be similar to stories of pregnancy where, you know, you it happens and who knows where you'll be when it happens. So I was out of church with my friends. Mike was at some martial arts class and I get the call that she's in labor. Keep in mind, we're four hours away at least. Um, so I was nibbling on some tacos after church with my friends. We're sitting outside and I like drop the phone. I'm like, we gotta go. She's pregnant. She's, she's in labor. And, um, it was just so funny. The guy, like my friend's husband was like, we need the check. You know, like we're just a mess. Go home, call my husband. Did you make it in time for the birth? We did. So it ended up being a C-section. And so we were there, we got to the hospital, got sent back 
to his sister's house until later because it was going to, you know, take okay. a while. So you weren't and, in there with the, for the actual C-section? No, we weren't in the room. Um, we, you know, it was kind of that part was never talk, talked about. And that is, you know, that does happen now with open adoption and all that. Some people go to um, the doctors together if they live close, they are in the room. Um, however, what was- Are you just glad that you weren't? I, you like know, I don't part. know. It's something I think you don't know unless you experience it. I think I'd be fine either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this, as a sympathetic, empathetic being that is emotional, this whole process wasn't just about me. I mean, I thought about her and her pain and what she must have been going through. I still do. <sighs> um I really, it's, it's, it was it must really be, hard. It's a hard decision to make, right? For a kid, like 19 years old, you're, you're a baby. And oh, you're, you're yeah. Old, and, right? they were, and they were planning on keeping it for a while, the first, I guess, five months or so. And so to know. Was just, she religious? Hmm? Was she religious? Like, did she have a reason for, I guess maybe you don't ask that, but I was just curious if she did, if she decided to do the adoption route versus having an abortion. Yeah, I didn't ask that. Um yeah, I just think it wasn't wasn't in the cards. I don't think that was an option as far as I know. Okay, so so you get to the hospital. Tell us about the experience of you holding Cora for the first time. So yes, that was all we did get put up in the hospital, which was really cool. They put us up free. Um, oh my god! And the, Is that and it was standard? so cool. We had a nurse that was adopted herself, and she treated us like royalty like they were so good to us and they made us like a special blanket and they i don't know they really went above and beyond it was it was seriously nice. amazing where there are horror stories by the way of how yep. sometimes adopted families are treated um so the first time so yes the uh the birth mother did you know gave cora to the nurse they took her into the nursery and then they called us in right away so she held her first that part i you weren't there i'm gonna leave out just there's some things because there is my last name i don't want to i do want to protect anything that may or i just think may or may not she may want to keep private like you know no one knows her name but you know so i will skip some uh some of the more private things but yeah so in the nursery you know they're doing the shots and everything we came in and i mean do you lose your shit I'm like, I'm losing my shit now. Yeah, I just- Christy's crying! Christy's <laughs> crying alert. I'm not even PMSing. You big baby. Big baby. Whatever, like adopting a kid's a big deal. Shut up. <laughs> kidding, but it was just looking down because, you know, you also through this, you're an adopted parent and you, you do feel like you may lack something, okay? Like, even though I wanted to, there was still this part of me like, will I have that bond right away? And will she feel that bond? I mean, there's a lot of comparison to people who are, have their biological child, children. So I was like, what's it gonna feel like? But I had faith, I did. I was like, I just, I feel like it'll be all right. But you still have questions. So right when I looked at her, I just was like, and like we started crying and I just felt that bond, this just maternal bond to her immediately. And I was just like, Oh my God. Yay. Like I could have handled if it didn't come. So the interesting part right. is, and again, like any details you, you want to leave out to protect yeah. the birth mom, that's totally fine. But I'm just curious about what that experience is like 
because she's in the hospital healing. Obviously, she had a C-section. You're in the hospital waiting to, uh, you know, I suppose take take your child home. What was your interaction like with each other? Was it was well? It awkward? Like, this, was she I, awkward? Honestly, the the I won't say hard. It just the most awkward, worst part of it, and the only. Was the dad there? I have a regret about was the interaction at the hospital because um, we were told you should bring gifts at the hospital, okay? I don't know if other people, please feel free to write on our Facebook any experiences you have. Gifts for the mom or gifts for the baby? Gifts for the birth parents, okay? What they kind say of gifts like gauze, ice packs, <laughs> chewing gum. Um, Gifts to, uh, you know, massage gift certificate. I think that's something I gave her. Movie tickets we gave them, I think. I don't know. It was like weird things. You look up what to give the birth parents. There's a whole slew of things. I thought it was, honestly, when they said to do it, I felt like it was kind of weird, but I'm like, I don't know. I haven't adopted. Let me just listen to what these social workers say. I did go against my gut and I wish I hadn't because in that room we where this is before she was giving birth and we went in to just say hello and and whatever and give our gifts it felt so and this may not be the case for everybody but it was just there was a really sad sad horrible feeling in the air right and then i'm like here's the gift certificate it felt so cold and transactional to me so was it the kind of thing where the energy in the room, like you could just tell that she felt some type of, some type of way. Yeah, it was, it was very awkward. different from when we met because she's there. It's, it's, it's it, it's time. And I, I cannot imagine what that felt like. And then you have these basic strangers coming in, giving you a gift. Like you really give a shit about a gift in the middle of, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Thank you, thank you for giving me a child. Well, that's what I felt like. like it was like a trade. Like I felt Right when I walked in, I wanted to walk out and I couldn't because I just, it just felt wrong, but there probably are people this works out in the relationship is whatever. It works out fine. But I am curious to know if anyone else had this type of um, interaction. Yeah, curious. Drop that in, you know, in our Facebook, we're curious yeah. to see if that has happened. And also similarly speaking, I know it's surrogates, you're, you pay for the entire hospital experience, but for adoption, who covers that cost? Is it up to the parents? Is the adoption agency? Are you billed in the back half? Like, how does that work? It, yeah. So it depends totally on the agency. Um, with ours, you know, I don't know exactly where all of the, um, you know, back end money went. There is, you know, the money that goes toward the actual agency. Okay. I know some of the money was put toward the birth, toward stuff they needed. We don't have to talk about cost, but just in terms of how it's laid out, do you yeah. give like a chunk of a chunk? Do you give like a deposit before, like at when you're signing up to just get you yes. on the list? So there's the background check money and I can't, it's been so long, but I think the background check was like 1800 or something. And I know I'm not going to give figures because honestly, every agency is totally different anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's what I have on my spreadsheet as well. I can, I mean, pricing obviously was a thing to compare. Um, and there's sliding scale for people who don't, make a certain amount of money, which is nice. Um, and there's also, sorry, there's a tax, there's the tax refund um, that went through with Obama that does give you a tax refund that next year. And I hate talking about the money associated with this, but hey, it's, it's real life that, you know, yeah. it is a big chunk of money. Um, 
so that being said, so the agency, the different agencies do it differently. Um, there's usually an upfront cost and then uh, there might be spread into two. I think ours is spread into two and then at, you know, basically at birth, you give the rest of the money. I think the big, I think the largest sum of money there. Do the parents, so what do the parents get? Cause you don't, you can't like give them money because you, you're not buying a kid, you're adopting. Mm -hmm. Do they get some sort of fee just for like, De depends on the agency. Yeah. Sorry for your, here's for your depressed. Like, I don't. Well, there is, and that's the thing they, you know, some agencies do their own, you know, counseling. There is a yeah. lot of counseling that goes on. Need it, especially uh, or, once that hormone drop happens for women who give birth and then there's no baby there. I, I can't imagine that's probably very, very. And that's something I looked into to make sure it was an agency that didn't just after birth they're out. Cause that's common. So you can, yeah. You want to get with an agency that's going to take care of these mothers and fathers. Because they're giving you such a great gift that, you know, it warrants making sure that they're, you know, taken care of as well. So well, good that's for you thing. for that. Yeah, there's a lot that, you know, there's just, I could go on for days about all the things to make sure. And, you know, and uh, I've talked to a lot of people through the years because there's so much that goes into it. If you're curious, you can also email uh, badassmoms at gmail.com and Christy will be happy to give yes. you any additional I love, details. You I love want. sharing and helping. Yeah. Or if there's anything that she didn't answer that you were curious about, um, you know, this format's hard because it's like not live questions, but yeah, she's, yeah. she's definitely happy to answer any questions for you. Christy is an open book. All right, Christy. So you took, you tell yes. us about the 10 days. You take Cora home from the hospital. Oh, so yeah. So because that was a, what I was saying later, it'll be relevant. Being in Virginia, if you are in the same state, you can take the child. Well, with, it depends on agency again, but there's always that ca caveat, but you can take the baby home with you if you're in the same state usually, right? So that means though, from the sign they, time they sign, depending on state, in Virginia it was 10 days, but it could be like two days, it could be 30 days. So there are some people that have to wait 30 days to know if it's final and, and the birth parents can back out at any time. There's this 30 day thing also where if they don't know where the birth father is, they have to put out a, basically a memo. Um, it wasn't a newspaper, I guess, online and stuff now to putting out a thing just in case there is a birth father out there that wants to come forward. Um, so there's a, a lot of that goes into that too. But yeah, 10 days. So we took Cora home. Nobody wanted to get attached to Cora. But Is it like a nightmare for those 10 days just waiting? Yes. I'm not, I mean, I cried every day. Not all day. I wasn't like a basket case because I had to like learn to mom, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but at night, every night before bed, I would just cry and be like, what would I do if she gets taken back? But I also prayed every night and to God and was like, do what is best for this child. If the birth mother wants her to be in her home, it is her child, you know, and I will have to deal with it. But to me, it was, you know, it's always about the child, right? Here's my follow-up question. Cause like, I, I'm not emotional about this. So I'm just coming from a curiosity. Yeah. So let's say on day eight, she says, I want my daughter back. Mm -hmm. Do you just give the daughter back? Do you get your money back? Like, how does that work? Or is it like you forfeit your money? It's like you knew the risks involved. Um, I do. I do think there. I think the last chunk, maybe it's the last chunk. I think you do get. I believe you get back, okay. depending on what it was. 
spent on. I, you know, it's funny. I don't even remember. I'll be well, you honest. Didn't have to th- you didn't have, you don't, you didn't have to experience it. So that kind of yeah, works. Yeah. But I'm sure, I mean, it seems like something I probably researched, but I forget. So don't quote me on that at all. I'm sure someone else probably knows that answer and can uh, write it on our Facebook. Or, <laughs> so quickly tell us about what happened when you woke up on that 11th day. Oh, well, day 10, actually, it was at five o'clock, 5 PM day 10. I had the bottle of Dawn Perignon that my realtor had given us when we moved in. I was like, I'm going to save this for a special day one day. Well, I saved it and I called the social worker at 4.59. I was like, I want you to stay on the phone with me just in case she calls like this last minute. And it hit five o'clock and I was like, we were both screaming and like whatever. Um, And I cried and then I called Mike and then I fell on the floor and rolled around a little bit and wept some more and kissed Cora to death. And then I had a party and we poured the Dom Perignon, we cheersed. And all my closest friends came over and um, we just celebrated. And then it was just like, like, I felt like it would probably happen, but you know, I am very, until it's like in writing and done, I just, I can't. You know, I don't totally believe, but I could, you know, when it's a baby, like even my husband at that point, when she was home with us, he could not connect and, you know, bond. Yeah. And now they're like BFFs. So. Okay. So when, so now she's yours. When was the next time you saw the, the birth parents and what has your experience been like since it's, it's been six years, right? Yeah. So we saw them one, uh, about a year later, um, they have summer picnics at the agency with all the adoptive and birth parents. Um, so we did that. That That was incredibly hard. Um, and I'll leave, I'll leave the details out just in case, you know, anyone does get a hold of this that knows her and I want to keep her story private in that way. Um, but it was very hard, I think for everybody. And, uh, I mean, I left there just a mess. I mean, my heart was just dying. Um, Have you seen them since? No. Oh, so neither one of you, it it was, it was emotional enough where you were just done. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I mean, I would do, we'll just, I would do whatever the birth family wanted to do, but, um, but it was more her. She, I understand. Yeah. So do you still send uh, pictures and I send, like yeah, send pictures okay. and letters once, twice a year. Um, Does she ever respond or not really? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I think it's, you know, I think it's very tough and, you know, who knows what the future holds. And as far as Cora knowing, she's known as soon as she could talk. And I read adoption books to her from the, from day one. Um, so she's very aware of everything and she, and she can make decisions when she's, yeah, I mean, she's already she's, like, I'd love to meet my birth mom one day. Like, <laughs> well, you can see that she's not attached to the emotional aspect of what that is. Yeah, yeah. That's six. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's a good, a good, a great story. Is there any, uh, to wrap this, this portion up, is there anything that wrap you really want to relate to people about the experience uh, from from your point of view, any any the the biggest advice you wish you got before you started, um, which I think I took and I think it benefited me. I will say, really trust in the process, and if you're a God person, universe, whatever you believe in, um, trust that you're going to be put with the child that's meant to be yours. Because so many people focused 
focused on how long they wait and everything. And, 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 you know, it's easy for me to say I was only in there a month and a half, but I was ready to be in there longer. I was like, I just, I'm going to wait till, till that perfect child for our family arrives. And I do believe trusting and doing your research, talk to people. Also, that is something talk to people who have been with the agency or the lawyer or whoever you work with that did, that's what let me, um, kind of tip over to the decision of working with the agency we did was I talked to several people and they all really had a wonderful experience. So awesome. And no agency is perfect. Let me put that in there too. Nothing in this world is perfect, but you have a perfect daughter and you're the world's best mom. Mm, I don't know about that, but you guys look like you have some good ass time. Christy said he's making core friggin' hot chocolate. They stumble and watch movies. I'm over here like, Poppy, don't eat that Cheerio off the floor. Okay, eat the Cheerio off the floor. I was there too. (laughs) You'll get there. You'll get there. Trust me. That age, that's a hard age. I cried over spaghetti a couple times, okay, at that age. Uh, I love it. All right, guys. So here's the deal. Instead of moms in the news, we're gonna, in the, you know, because we're talking about adoption, we're gonna talk about 27 famous people who have adopted children. Everybody loves that. So number one, Lionel Richie. Nicole Richie's actually adopted, which I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. And Nicole Richie was actually um, the biological daughter of one of Lionel's former bandmates. Yes. I did. It's kind of cool. That's funny. He officially adopted her when she was six. Julie Andrews adopted. Cheryl Crow. Uh, Viola Davis. Denise Richards, actually, this is kind of weird because it's her biological daughter, but she officially adopted her daughter as a single mom, which I kind of don't think, I don't know. I, does, that, does that count as adoption or just being a single mom? What in the what? That's so Hollywood. I don't know. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, she may have adopted a third daughter as a single. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm a piece of shit. She, <laughs> Wait, uh, I, I apologize. I'm a piece of shit. She has two <laughs> biological daughters with Charlie Sheen. So she adopted a third daughter to make sure that her daughters don't have, you know, that third one didn't have any Charlie Sheen in her because I wouldn't want that. I'm kidding. He's, he's a great actor. He's just, you know. Ty Burrell from Modern Family. They have two adopted children. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, of course, their children are adults now, but they adopted kids together back in the 90s. Hugh Jackman has a two adopted children, Oscar 15 and Ava 10. Um, they plan to have adopted and biological children, but found out they couldn't have children naturally. So that's why they adopted. Madonna, I think, has 87. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I don't even want to know. She's, had, she's adopted a lot of kids, which is, you know what, great. She's adopted uh, children from countries that, you know, the, you know, the children would have n- not been adopted. So she really did a, a service there. I don't know if I said that appropriately. We know what you mean. <laughs> I did the best, I, the best I could. We'll just go into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Ryan adopted a daughter named Daisy in 2006. Sandra Bullock has adopted a baby girl. Um, she also has a son that she adopted in 2010. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie have a mixed family of adopted and biological children. Connie Britton has adopted Steven Spielberg and Kate, uh, his wife, Kate Capshaw, have seven kids collectively. They have two older children, 27 and 19, that are both adopted. Katherine Heigl has adopted. Jillian Michaels has adopted. And interestingly, Jillian Michaels said her reason for adopting was that her uh, body is uh, her business and that she didn't want to essentially... Oh my, wow. Uh, wow carry a child and that was um that was her choice and she adopted her yeah, daughter from to each her own. uh mariska 
Har Har I mean, you know who she is. She's a chick from Law and Order, and I always mess up her name. Har Hargate? Hargate. There you go. Mariska. Mariska. Uh, they have two, she has two adopted children with her super hot husband who's on the show Younger, which you should watch. It's fun. Oh, I love that show. Peter Urban, I do too. They have a nine-year-old biological son and that, ooh, named August. I love it. And then two adopted children, both four. Charlize Theron has two adopted children. Emma Thompson has, uh, two children with her husband and they adopted a son in 2003 when he was actually 16, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Mary Louise Parker adopted her daughter Caroline from Ethiopia in 2007. She also has a son with actor Billy Crudup. If you remember, Billy Crudup left her when she was pregnant for Claire Danes, piece of shit. Uh, Diane Keaton has a adopted daughter and son. Michelle Pfeiffer and her husband, David E. Kelly have two children. Um, I didn't know that, Michelle. Actually, Michelle Pfeiffer was in the middle of adopt adopting Claudia before she met her husband. So cool. Um, I think I love her, by the way. Can we just get an amen for Michelle Pfeiffer? I know she's amazing. I believe the son is their biological kid and then the daughter's adopted. She's a smoke show. She's really pretty. Kristen Davis from Sex and the City has adopted. Jamie Lee Curtis has famously adopted two children, Annie and Tom. Annie's 28. She's also really pretty. Kate Blanchett has three biological children and adopted a baby girl uh, this past March. Christy Alley, the picture they have here is so awful, but um, they adopted two children. Her children are 23 and 21 after she was told she would not be able to have children on her own or may not be able to. Calista Flockhart um, adopted her son, his name's Lima, when he was 14. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. He's 14 now. He was a baby when, when they were adopted. And it was before she met her current husband, Harrison Ford. So those are 27 famous people that have adopted children. It's a fun little list, you know, it just is. know the people it's that are out there. And the cool thing is, is that these span the gamut. There's people who probably did private adoption. There's people who adopted children from other countries. It's a nice little, it's a nice little mix of, you know, ethnicities and backgrounds and stories. So whatever you decide, your family is your family and you are not alone in any decision that you make. So we hope you enjoyed this little bit of an excursion of an yeah. episode. Thank you. Yeah. I your story is really fascinating and thank you so much for sharing it with us. I know it's an emotional one to <laughs> whoops. Yeah, but thank, you to for, thank you for asking. This was Jenna's idea to have me share it. And you know, it is, it's not something, I mean, I talk about it with people like in the adoption world or my friends, but it's cool to talk about it because it could be helpful or you could reach out to me. Really. I love helping anybody with questions or you're thinking about your own journey. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here. Yeah, and she's a really good person to talk to and obviously very open to answering any questions. And then next week, we're going to delve a little bit into Jenna, me, my Jenna, history, Jenna. And I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how I left my first husband for my second husband. It is not a story I love to share. It's a really embarrassing and a little bit scandalous. I like a little scandal. A we little scandalous. Scandal in our lives. But you know what? I'm happy to share the details of my life with you and let you guys in a little bit. And we thank Christy for doing that today. If you'd like to follow Christy and her story and see all the cute pictures of her and Cora and how good of a mom she is, you can find her on Facebook, on Instagram at Fierce Mama Coaching. You can find me, Jenna, at Noshing the Suburbs. And also, happy Hanukkah to me. Happy Hanukkah, Hanukkah. to you. Woo, woo, woo. 
and everybody. Oh, by the way, Christy, real quick. Did you yeah. see the fourth night of Hanukkah gift Christian gave me? Oh, was it the googly eyes? Giant yes. googly eyes oh, for the you Roomba. Need to tell, yeah, before we go, yes, tell about the Googles. Go. Yeah, so uh, we we got each other for Christmas a Roomba. We decided instead of getting each other big big gifts for Christmas, we'll get each other, you know, things we need. So we got a Roomba and a new Tempur-Pedic mattress, but we do still get each other small gifts for Hanukkah because I, I'm Jewish, Christian is not, but we're raising Poppy Jewish. Um, so we get her gifts and then, you know, each other small gifts. And on the fourth night, he decided to get me giant googly eyes to put on the Roomba. So we put them on the Roomba and now like he runs around the room like the derpy motherfucker he is. So we took a video. So it I'll tell so you what, guys, I'll put that video on Facebook and Instagram. Please do. Silliness of it. And if you want to ask us any questions, please do so at badaskmoms at gmail.com. With the K. With the K. We're happy to answer any questions you might have about this episode next week. Christy's happy to answer any questions as well. And if you could follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bad Ask Moms, and please do us a favor and share this show. We're trying to grow our audience, and the only way we can do that is with your help. So if you are on iTunes listening to us, please give us a five-star review, or just tell your friends to give us a listen. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Put your deuces up. Deuces.